the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Before we present our guest this week, Preston Dennett, I have a couple of announcements to make. One is kind of a sad one. My old friend Tim Beckley, affectionately known as Mr. UFO, died quietly one Sunday evening. He had been in ill health in recent years, and we certainly send our condolences to his friends and his family. On the good news side of it, maybe there is a report in the New York Times headlined, U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology and flying objects, but can't rule it out either. So it admits, apparently, in this report, which will be public later in June, that They can't explain some of these objects, but they don't have what they call proof. They're alien, but they can't dismiss it. Let's proceed. We have the one, the only Preston Dennett, who has written quite a collection of books covering UFO sightings, and we'll get to his latest title soon. But hardly a day passes where I don't see some mainstream news outlet, and even some not so mainstream, will publish a serious article about UFOs. In fact, I just saw one earlier this morning checking on Google News where this particular piece focused heavily on Tom DeLonge and his participation. And the thing that kind of surprises me here is that he has been almost non-existent. The Two the Stars Academy hasn't really done much, but I guess maybe this was an effort to get his name back into it because we should certainly take a punk rocker and give him scientific credibility about UFOs. Right, Randall? Oh, Tom. You know, I think it's actually kind of cool that people are interested in it. And and when we have celebrities and and people who are in the entertainment industry talking about it, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's okay. But I'm more interested in, like, kind of the guys we were talking about with the SEU, the science behind it as well. I mean, the cultural side is cool. I like it. I'm not knocking Tom DeLonge, but that's not necessarily the kind of news that really grabs my attention, you know, personally. And I'll be honest with you, if Paul McCartney went up there and said the same things, or Ringo Starr, or Burton Cummings, or John Fogarty, they said something positive about UFOs, I would give it the same amount of credibility. Yeah. What do you think, Preston? Like, what do you think about the celebrity culture being involved in, in the cult, you know, the culture of UFOs? Yeah, I like it. I support it. I think there's a lot of musicians who have come forward. UFOs seem to like them. John Lennon, um, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Jimi Hendrix. They've all reported encounters. People who are creative tend to be into UFOs, too. That's the other thing. Like, I dabble in a bit of home recording. I've been in music for a long time. I've been in and out of a bunch of bands, never really made it very far. But definitely a lot of people I've talked to who are interested in UFOs are the creative types. So, I mean, maybe it doesn't hurt to have somebody in the creative community out there kind of talking about it. When you look at it that way, just having people who are culturally acceptable say positive things about UFOs, that in and of itself is fine. It's not the same thing, of course, as a scientist providing something meaningful or an important political figure or a former head of the CIA. So we have a situation here, and I asked several guests over the weeks, like Jonathan Lace from 
SCU in the previous week's episode about this. The fact that two former heads of the CIA, Woolsey and Brennan, both said that this needs to be investigated, needs to be taken seriously. Of course, that goes back to Admiral Helen Carter, the first head of the CIA back in the 50s, saying essentially the same thing. The thing I wonder about, maybe you have an opinion about this, Preston, and that is, wouldn't you think that somebody who's at the top of the intelligence heap in this country would know a lot more than he seems? Oh, yeah. At very high levels of government, this is a subject that's taken very seriously. So why would a former head of the CIA even have to ask the question, we need to investigate it further? He'd know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit disingenuous, uh, I think, because they do know what's going on. I think they're just trying to push this into the public arena uh, and change the way our government has been handling this phenomenon. Uh, because there's been a policy of covering it up, lying about it for decades. So that's why I'm a little bit, if our government has lied for so long, why are they suddenly reversing policy? You know, why should we even believe what they have to say? Hey, I'm all about change. I'm really glad to see movement because there hasn't been any movement for ever. No, it does sound promising. The constant flow of UFO-related stories is also promising. I mean, there's so many other things that fill the news that it's not like the number one story. It is down there like in the middle. But that's fine. That's fine. The thing here is that we're creating, I guess, a set of expectations that may or may not be fulfilled. Will all this bring about some kind of level of disclosure? Or are there 10, 20, 100 different ways that the Pentagon's UAP task force could stop short of the ET framework and just say things that people will say, oh, that's cool, and go on with their business? Yeah, I think that's the most likely outcome. I think there's probably going to be a little bit of backpedaling on is this actually extraterrestrial? Because they haven't quite you know, admitted there's aliens out there. They're sort of stopping a little bit short of that. I'm saying, oh, it's something unexplained. Maybe it's Chinese. Maybe it's Russian. We don't know what it is. I think they do know what it is. But uh, we'll see how this all rolls out. That's what I like about you, Preston. You just say this is like, okay, this is how it is. And it's, it's like we think we're thinking that and and yet there's this resistance, it seems like, that's even happened within the ufology community to some degree to say, well, I don't know, is it really aliens? Are aliens real or not? Or we're still waiting. And and we've taken on our own sort of skepticism that I'm not sure is entirely justified when we already know so much about it. <laughs> yeah, calling it a mystery. I mean, really? I'll, yeah. I'll even... <laughs> I'm with you, <laughs> man. <laughs> Well, even if it's 100% possible they are extraterrestrial, doesn't mean we know much about it other than they are there. There's still a mystery. If they are intelligent beings from other star systems, why are they here? What's their purpose? Why do they play the cat and mouse games with we Earthlings? Is this just a test bed for them? Oh, we're teaching future pilots in the Space Federation 
how to manage a primitive species so they come to Earth. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but I still feel like the extraterrestrial explanation fits the facts perfectly. It fits the evidence. I mean, you can call them time travelers. You can call them interdimensional beings. Uh, people think they're demonic. I mean, people have a host of theories about what's going on here. Uh, but I think if you just throw away your preconceptions, your beliefs, and just look at the facts, I mean, the evidence speaks for itself. We've got, what, thousands of landing trace cases. We have implant removal cases. We have got medical cases, you no know, medical effects, healings, injuries, uh, and the thousands upon thousands of contactee accounts. And just builds up to a point where I think we pretty much know what's going on and we pretty much know the ET agenda. We may not know where they're from exactly, but even I mean, there's some pretty good accounts pointing towards where they come from. Zeta Reticula, Orion, Cygnus, Andromeda, a bunch of locations have been named. We don't know yet, but I think we're getting close. Well, we may indeed be. And a lot more to come, especially that book and the 25 cases that are in your book that we're all going to be quite curious about. Preston Dennett joins us with Gene and Randall. Means you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So positive times in the UFO field after all the disappointments. Of course, Preston's new book is Wondrous, 25 True. UFO encounters. Now, we're going to go on and on about what might be happening from the Pentagon UAP task force, but I want to throw one thing at you, a comment from somebody that you probably know, and that's Kevin Randall. And Kevin is a little cynical about the subject. He says, well, maybe this is Condon 2.0, echoing the Condon report, building up expectations, then disappointing us. You think there's a possibility of that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because I was thinking about the other previous government studies. There's the Condon Committee. There's the Robertson Panel. There's Project Blue Book. And every single one of them have these same exact conclusions. There's nothing to it. There's no threat to national security. That's what they said. I still couldn't explain a number of the cases that were in their reports. And now there's all these words about a threat. It's, this is a threat, you know, threat identification program. I'm really not sure that that's going to change a whole lot. Maybe they will call it a threat, but still say there's nothing to it. I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. I'm really curious to see how they're going to spin this, because that is how they've generally handled UFO reports from the beginning. Hoaxes, hallucinations, misperceptions. Well, that's not going to work anymore. There's pressure on every side, I think, the contactee side. UFO researchers, perhaps even the ETs themselves, they are dealing directly with the phenomena. I mean, they said we've got pilots seeing this stuff daily. So I think they've painted themselves into a corner a little bit. Um, I don't think this is something they're doing willfully, dragging their feet, 
their their hand is being forced. I think they're probably freaking out a little bit about what's how to handle this. Well, there's the public pressure too. Uh, we're seeing, I think, an unprecedented, at least in my lifetime, amount of public pressure from much more credible news sources to get the information out there. Yeah, it's in the political arena now. <laughs> it's uh, you know senators talking about it, representatives, and President Obama came on TV and made positive statements. And- it's not just on like you know the shows that you see like Ancient Aliens or whatever, where you could kind of go, oh yeah, well you know maybe or whatever, or science fiction. It, it's in mainstream news now. Yeah, finally. Oh my God, been ignored forever. There has been no movement within official circles since I came into this field. Thirty years, really. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is your twentieth book. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Thanks very much. When you get to 25 books, Preston, gold watch, or does that take 50? Uh, haven't thought about that. No, I want a UFO. That's what I want. No doubt. Christine did the uh, artwork again, I see, too. I love it. That reminds me kind of like of the one that I saw when I was back in my teens out in BC, how I even made a, a drawing similar to that. So that's kind of cool. Really happy to have her working along with me. She's an excellent artist. Glad my brother married her. (laughs) (laughs) In the introduction, it says that you've interviewed over the years hundreds of people. Maybe give us a a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be Preston Dennett and being in the field this long and interviewing so many people and where you live. Like, tell our listeners kind of where you live and what it's like being Preston Dennett. (laughs) Well, all right. I live here in Southern California. And uh, grew up very skeptical of UFOs. Never in a million years thought this would be what I'd be doing. But it hit me pretty hard in 1986. Uh, heard a report on the news about a sighting over Alaska. And made the mistake of asking family members what they thought of this ridiculous pilot who's obviously lying about what he saw or misperceiving. And it was my brother Mark who actually married my sister-in-law who you know, did the artwork. He's like, no, I, you know, I chased one down the road. My friends were there. We all saw it. It was a metallic saucer, dome on top, treetop level. A really amazing story. And that was just the icebreaker. Um, I had a lot of people within my family, friends and coworkers, who had had really dramatic encounters. And that was bad news for me. <laughs> I did, was not happy about it. Um, it was a big adjustment. I went straight to the bookstore at one point, and I'm like, I'm going to disprove these guys. I'm going to show them it's swamp gas. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that way. <laughs> no, yeah, so oh, one, wow. one thing led to another, and yeah, I started investigating this stuff, and I just can't let it go. It's fun. I actually didn't know that about you. That's really interesting. You started off as trying to disprove it. That's really and we do hear stories like that, but I mean, I, you know, with you, I just always thought you were just kind of like, into it from the beginning. That's pretty interesting. Oh, no, I hated it. <laughs> I mean, I really <laughs> did not like it at all. I thought people were, were seeing UFOs were, I don't want to be mean about it, but I was. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought they were full of it. I thought they were just not thinking clearly. Uh, but I was wrong. I'll admit it. <laughs> I was very wrong. Well, at least you admit you were wrong. We have people who run around there and they never admit they're wrong. They go on and on. 
it still means something is going on and we should understand it. My position was ET at the beginning. Then I saw all these other variables and I said, you know, we need to understand more about it. It still may be ET, but just the fact that we have something going on there that exhibits apparent intelligent control, engages in maneuverability that we cannot duplicate, that in and of itself is a mystery. Regardless of what it is, it is a mystery. Now, if it's ET, the question would be then, and we can ask it and pursue this in the next segment or two, how is the government going to handle that? If they're confronted with that saying, you know, we're going there, literally speaking, every person who has talked about it so far, I'm not talking about a Tom DeLonge, like a true believer, but the ex-CIA people and government representatives still working with the government like Senator Rubio. All of these people, all of these people are saying everything that would lead towards that explanation, but stopping short of saying it. Notice that? Yep, yep, that's exactly what I'm worried about. And I kind of get it. Because if you say, oh, this is extraterrestrial, you know, these are aliens from other planets, that's opening up a giant, giant can of worms. What about the people who are being taken on board? What about, you know, all these prior incidents uh, that have been happening for decades? The, you know, the Eisenhower meeting, the alleged Eisenhower meeting in, at Edwards Air Force Base. Or, you know, the Roswell incident, that's going to come back to haunt these guys. <laughs> uh, so I think that's why they're like, mm-hmm, let's, how are we going to handle this? There is just a tidal wave of cases just hanging right over their heads. That <laughs> I feel for them just a little bit, <laughs> but it's, they've made their own bed. This is their own darn fault for handling, you know, bungling this the way they've done for so long. We have these bundles of announcements to present. Then we're with Preston, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
USA Radio News with Tim Berg. At Saturday's Republican convention in North Carolina, former President Trump is telling China they must pay. The former president also calling out medical director Tony Fauci amidst Fauci's claim that COVID wasn't made in a Chinese lab. But he's been wrong on almost every issue, and he was wrong on Wuhan and the lab also, very wrong. Trump also saying China inflicted $16 trillion of economic damage onto the United States and claimed the lives of thousands. Phoenix, Arizona fire officials say Saturday's fire is requiring more personnel than any other fire in the city's history. More than 200 firefighters engaged the blaze on the west side of the city and engulfed multiple buildings and started at a recycling center. You're listening to USA Radio News. A new survey from Ramsey Solutions says 42% of consumers with debt say the pandemic has been a financial setback they don't think they can come back from, compared to 27% of people without consumer debt. The survey also found those without consumer debt, 45%, were more likely to save stimulus money than those with debt, which is 31%. Ramsey Solutions President Dave Ramsey making sense of those numbers on Fox News. Obviously, if you've got debt, you're less li- you're likely to use the money to pay your bills, and so uh, because you know you got more money going back out the door, and so again, this points to what Ramsey's been doing for 30 years, getting people out of debt, because it puts you into a position of strength, and those that didn't have that were more likely to save their stimulus check, which oh by the way stimulated nothing in the economy because it went into a savings account. More news can be found online at usaradio.com. This is USA Radio News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 this is jerome clark author of the ufo encyclopedia and other books you're listening to the paracast yes the bundle of announcements save really dug their trenches and now they have to respond or not also they could go in the middle which is they release a report saying we still believe this deserves extra investigation we're still working on it goodbye (laughs) hey i would be happy enough with that what i don't want to see is them just backpedaling Now, just as I was suggesting there, before the announcement came out, the government appears to be taking a middle-of-the-road approach. We can't prove spaceships. We can't prove they're not spaceships. A cop-out. They know what this is. 
to to show us blurry photos and uh, perhaps a testimony from a pilot or two, or we might get maybe a piece of metal. <laughs> That's what I'm kind of suspecting they're going to show us because the Pentagon did say, and I'll just quote them directly, we have material from otherworldly vehicles, end quote. They said that. Uh, what is so, the source of that particular quote? Um, it was uh, former Pentagon employees. Yeah, look it up. I'm not kidding. This is all over the Internet. That was, I think, the biggest step we've actually had. They're not quite saying these are aliens when I think they know. They know it's aliens. I think we have the craft. It's not just Roswell. There's hundreds of cases of UFO crashes. Hundreds. Not just a couple. Not just a handful. A lot. That doesn't make much sense. So it's like, uh, like I know we've talked in the past, Preston, and, 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 and you're willing to go probably further than I am. I'm not even sure that there's ever even been one crash, personally. I mean, I, I know that there's all these stories out there, but if you can get an interstellar ship here, why would it all of a sudden just like decide when it finally gets to Earth that it's going to crash? I mean, we can land landers on Mars that are even unmanned. Yeah, we've, we've had some crashes, but those are like primitive compared to whatever these other craft are. Like, And hunt for hundreds of them to crash? I mean, that just... It just doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, I was kind of surprised. I have to tell you, I've written books on a number of states, California, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, and New York. All of them have accounts of UFO crashes. So you're kind of stuck with the evidence. I think what we're looking at is a situation where they're here in very large numbers. Maybe that's why nobody's perfect. You can only speculate. But the fact is, there are many, many people who are saying this. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like, you know, we're in the same field, so we know that about the claims. But then it's it's getting into, you know, the material evidence. Then you'd think that if there were that many crashes, there'd be a lot more material evidence. But they say, oh, well, it's all been cleaned up and sanitized. And it's like, well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> and yeah. so, and of course, quite a bit of it could be actually our own stuff that they're just using the UFO story as a cover for, which they have done in the past. I'm a little bit hesitant on the on the, that there's been that many crashes, but I'm certainly with you on the fact that we've got alien visitation going on. And I'm with Gene that we don't know for sure exactly where it's from, but I'm also with you with that it's probably something interstellar because I can't see it coming from any other planet in our solar system. Yeah, I should point out here when we talk about crashes, we have Kingman, Arizona, no evidence that there was anything serious going on there. Aztec, New Mexico. That story originated in a book from Frank Scully, a gospel columnist, from two confidence men. Now, I have looked into this thing. I interviewed Scott Ramsey, read his book, and then interviewed a former engineer, retired gentleman, who lived in Aztec during the time this thing happened. There was no cultural memory whatever. A lot of the information in Ramsey's book, and he's one of the premier investigators of this, was shown to be inaccurate. There is really no evidence that the Aztec crash ever occurred. Roswell, something happened. You can say it was a test. You can say it was crash dummies. You can say it was a balloon. You can say it was E.T. Something happened that we do not have a final explanation for. And that would be certainly enough, sufficient, to show evidence if we can prove it's really E.T. The thing here, Preston, is 
I won't dispute that there might be a lot of crashes out there for getting the stuff that doesn't hold up. But it would indicate E.T. has some pretty poor quality control on their craft, and they're crashing all the time. Also, I think if they did crash, wouldn't they arrange to get rid of the debris as soon as possible? Yeah, I mean, we can only speculate. Um, I think they probably have done that in a number of cases. Yeah, the whole UFO crash aspect of this phenomena is puzzling to me because here we have the very best evidence you could possibly have, actual hardware, actual bodies, and yet none of it is in the public arena at all. All we have is people talking about it. So it's kind of an enigma there. It's the very best evidence and also kind of the worst in a way because we don't have any of it that we can examine. Looking at the Roswell case, people have been interviewed for pretty much every aspect of that case. Radar operators who saw it coming down, first-hand eyewitnesses who saw it coming down, people who guarded the wreckage, people who transported the wreckage, you know, people who examined the wreckage at Wright Pat. There's, what, 50 books on this case? Uh, there's definitely something to the Roswell incident. Um, I think that's the grandfather of all UFO cases. It's not going to go away. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on. I mean, there's something happened there. Yeah, both. For, yeah, both you guys for sure. Definitely something. Exactly what for sure we don't still know yet, but very compelling. I mean, if there was any compelling case, Roswell is still it. Getting back to when you first were getting into ufology, and you were you were a skeptic yourself. I'm kind of interested in the process of how you went from that to becoming a believer and you know what process was it that you went through that really turned you around on it it didn't happen overnight i can tell you that actually a pretty painful process i was not happy for years i'm still not happy i'm still trying to get over it i remember i think i was a couple of things started to really turn me around I was talking to a lady at work. By this point, I had you know, read the Betty and Barney Hill incident, Travis Walton, you know, the Bet- Betty Andreasen story. And I was talking with this lady at work who had seen UFOs, and she's describing how these things were darting around. And in walks Dorothy, another lady I'd worked with for years. She's like, oh, you guys are talking about UFOs? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, I saw one. I'm like, Dort, really? What? And Dorothy tells me this incredible story. She was at the library. She's just 14, 15 years old. Library closes at 9 o'clock. She knows exactly what time it is. And her mother comes to pick her up right when the library closes. And that's when this UFO drops down out of the sky. This is the Pio Pico Library in Koreatown, Southern California. It's hovering right across the street, right over the telephone wires. I'm like, oh, telephone wires. I've heard that before. She describes a typical saucer, colored lights around the circumference, silent, metallic. They get into the car. They're all a little bit nervous. The kids are excited, but the mother's nervous. I interviewed all three of them, and they drive home. And Dorothy's like, well, you know, we live five minutes away from the library. We go home. We run up to the second story of the house. This object is still hovering outside. It darts back and forth a few times and takes off. I'm like, wow, you know, interesting story. She's like, here's the weird thing, Preston, and I don't even know what to make of this. We left the library at 9, we lived five minutes away, and we looked at the clock, and it's 10.15. And I have no idea what happened to the time. And her friend Carol, who was there, lived just down the street. 
she had to be home by 9.15. So she was an hour late. None of them, all three of them were completely confused about the time. And that was a huge red flag for me because I knew what missing time was and they had never heard of it. So that was a turning point, one of the turning points uh, for me. Yeah, another was when I had a direct family member describe a gray alien. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, she was just going down the list. She's like, I don't know what this was. She had never even considered the possibility it could be an alien. Let's consider these possibilities. More to come with Preston, Gene, and Rendell. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. 
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, certainly, Preston, I'm sure most people who have unusual encounters of this sort never consider that they'd be seeing something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I have to tell you, back in 1986, 88, when I really started digging in, there weren't a whole lot of books on this. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of information. None of these people I was interviewing had read anything. It wasn't part of the popular culture like it is today. I mean, everyone knows what a gray alien looks like. Not back then. So to hear people describing this was pretty you know, mind-blowing to me. Now, the point being here is there were lots and lots of UFO books and magazine articles and such. But I agree that gray aliens wasn't a major subject. Yeah, it really wasn't. I mean, now they're used to <laughs> advertise everything from, you know, cell phones to pizza. But no, back then, they, this was not really saturating our culture like it is today. Yeah, I remember before the Internet that one of my favorite things would be to, to go to the used bookstore and I would find this, you know, this little section where they had the UFO books to see if they had anything new. And over time, I collected, you know, everything I could. I, I, I don't know about you, Preston, but I've got this whole collection of, of old classic UFO books, and I, I just would get anything I could. But, but that's what we did in those days. And, or we subscribed to newsletters. Gene, you will remember the newsletters. You took part in editing newsletters, and that's how people got their information in those days. Yep, yep. There was the MUFON Journal. Uh, APRO was the first organization. They had a little newsletter. Yeah, that was where you went. I joined MUFON right away, became a field investigator, took their test. There was not a lot of places to go to for UFO information. What made you decide to write your first book? How did that happen? Actually, I was in the field for a good 10 years before I wrote my first book. I'd written about 30 articles by that point and uh, got embroiled in this huge case, this wave of sightings over Topanga Canyon. And there was a wave of sightings on June 14, 1992. The editor of the local newspaper called me up. They had received a bunch of calls. There was a police tape that was leaked to me. And uh, he's like, see if you can find some more witnesses. Because, you know, I actually grew up there. And that wasn't that hard. I knew a lot of people who lived there. So suddenly I had like, you know, 30 stories about what happened in this one area. 
in a number of cases on that one night. And it was Christy, my sister-in-law, who's like, Preston, you have got to, to put a book out about this. I'm like, what? You know, really? She's like, yeah, this is an incredible story. You should really consider writing a book about it. I thought, wow, hey, maybe you're right. At that same exact time, I had run across a bunch of UFO healing cases. Well, actually, this lady I had interviewed described this incredible healing case where she had a tumor removed by the ETs. And I was going to write an article about that, but I started digging in and I found like 30 or 40 cases. So I'm like, wow, that might even be a better book. That's when I started like, hmm, maybe I should. And that actually turned out to be my first book, UFO Healings. 100 True Cases. Yeah, on the heels of that came 1 in 40, which was all the cases that I had first interviewed, you know, family members, co-workers, friends, and UFOs over to Topanga. That came right after that, and I never looked back. So yeah, 35 years later, you've got book number 20, and we're talking about 25 True UFO Encounters by Preston Dennett. So... It, it, let's start off with a few cases. Let's go through a couple of these kind of, uh, you know, just briefly. Uh, but uh, maybe let's see here. We've got a whole list. A school teacher encounters a 15-foot-tall mantis alien during a morning jog outside her home. Yeah, yeah I love the story. She's a great witness, very well-educated, gave a great interview. Very well-spoken, funny, um, an amazing story. She actually contacted me because she had never heard of anyone seeing what she saw until she read one of my books, which described a very similar uh, praying mantis ET, a very, very tall one. And uh, this was 2006. She lived in a little suburb in O'Fallon, Illinois, pretty rural area, and loves to take a morning jog um, very early, like 5 a.m. or so. Goes out with her dog, like she always does, and goes down her street, another street, and gets on third street and is jogging up to this T intersection to a fairly major road. It's abandoned at night. I mean, no one's on it, but uh, during the day, it's a pretty busy street. So she's coming up to this T intersection and sees what looks like a man on stilts walking down the center of the road. Her dogs noticed it first. <laughs> he stopped, pricked up his ears, and looked. She's thinking, oh, it's going to be a, you know, a deer or a fox or something. Not unusual to see wildlife. And she sees this man on stilts. She's like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and this guy walks right under the streetlight, which is at the corner of the intersection. And it's almost at the level of the streetlight, which is, you know, that's how she knew this thing had to be 15 feet high. And it wasn't a man on stilts. She says it was an insectoid. It was a human insect. And she could see it very clearly under the streetlight. Looked like a praying mantis. Short little arms hooked up in front of it. Very long stick-like legs. It was making giant 10-foot strides, moving quite swiftly. Uh, gray in color. Not completely one color, sort of mottled gray. And it had its head bent down and was looking, sort of scanning the road back and forth as if searching for something. And just quickly moved by her, didn't see her. And she, as soon as it moves by, you know, I probably would have turned around and run. I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but like, but she didn't. She didn't. She she ran after this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So what happened? Did like how did it disappear then, or what? See, you got us hooked now. We can't just leave it there. <laughs> I mean, you could say you've got to buy my book now, but <laughs> no, no. I'll I'll tell you what happened because it's, it's kind of interesting. She uh, runs up to the T intersection. You can see she can still see it. It's moving faster than she's jogging. She didn't take off in a sprint to, to, to go up to it because she was a little bit nervous about this thing. But she was also very curious. She had never seen anything like this uh, and uh, ran along towards it and watched it turn to the right and go off into a cornfield. Like, wow, really? You know, and she, yeah, she lost track of it and... Uh, didn't see it after that. She went out the next morning jogging. I asked her, I'm like, did you go off and next morning and she's like oh yeah of course i did and she never saw it again I'm like well huh you know why why do you think it was there is there anything in this neighborhood that you know is at all unusual and she says well you know there's you know it's a pretty rural area there's cornfields there's a, a school nearby you know a little suburb she says but there is one thing uh that might be important i live about six miles away as the crow flies from scott air force base so pretty close to a Air Force base there. And when she said Scott Air Force Base, well, my ears pricked up because I've heard UFO sightings in connection with Scott before. There was a pretty famous incident in the year 2000, six years earlier, where UFOs skirted around Scott Air Force Base. A bunch of police officers saw an object over several counties. Uh, so that kind of was interesting to me. But after you know, doing some more research, I found out that her sighting occurred just a few months after the Chicago O'Hare sighting at Chicago O'Hare Airport. Really famous sighting. You probably heard of it. A UFO hovered over the control tower, seen by baggage handlers, control tower operators, pilots, people at the airport. It was allegedly photographed, punched a hole through the low cloud cover. A great case. So maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Uh, not too far away from where she was at. Definitely an interesting case. Makes you wonder if there was like a, a cornfield circle out there somewhere. You know, you could just imagine it goes off into the cornfield and its ship is out there in, in, in the field somewhere and then it takes off. Yeah, I really wonder what it was looking for. <laughs> Did it drop the keys to its ufo or i mean what yeah damn, <laughs> damn it where did those keys go anyways i should point out here, here we're, bre- we're gonna break here in a moment i should point out we did a number of episodes on the o'hare case beginning in january of 2007 so if you check our archives you go to the powercast.com and you can search any topic including o'hare so definitely it's easy for you to find all our 700 plus episodes. Imagine that. More to come with Preston, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately, I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. I have been taking it now for about four months and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with Preston doing what he does best. Tell us about fascinating UFO cases. Let us continue. Yeah, another thing I was curious, you know, I asked uh, this school teacher, you know, have you... No, you never saw another thing like that. She's like, no, no. Is this a one-off? Because that's pretty unusual where someone will see an ET just once. Generally speaking, when someone has that close of an encounter, they're involved in some way. So I started doing some deep questioning. I'm like, okay, let's go to your childhood. Because <laughs> uh, this is when it usually starts for contactees. I'm like, Have you had any unusual experiences in your childhood? She's like, well, actually, yeah. Didn't want to go there, but since you've asked, when I was a little girl, I had weird figures coming into my bedroom. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. What happened? I can't really tell you what they looked like. I know they were short, scared the living daylights out of me. It was always in the middle of the night. I'd scream. I'd call for my parents. They'd come running in, and nothing would be there. Happened often enough where our parents said, stop waking us up in the middle of the night. I really feel for kids who go through this because, uh, generally speaking, their parents don't believe them, which is true in this case. But she does have one incident where she remembers not being in her room. She woke up and she was in a small room, rounded walls. It was quite bright. She's on a table, a metallic-looking table. She looks to her right. There's what looked like medical instruments. 
she can, she can again see these figures, but they're just sort of silhouettes. She can't really tell what they look like. She didn't think they were human, though. They were too short. She sounds like an abductee to me. She, you know, she had nightmares after this. Night terrors, I guess you might call them. She did have prior UFO sightings. Did see other strange humanoids later on. This is the pattern I usually see. She had an experience or an, a history, I guess, of UFO experiences. About what year was it that she encountered this uh, praying mantis alien? 2006. Yeah. One and only time. And, uh, you know, I've heard many accounts of praying mantis ETs, but they're usually maybe eight feet tall, maybe nine. Uh, but the two people I've talked to described 15 foot tall praying mantis were both excellent witnesses. The other guy I talked to, Kevin Kamen, was a Navy medic. And he you know, had an onboard experience and was right next to one of these things. And I'm like, are you sure it wasn't like maybe nine feet tall? And he's like, Preston, I'm sure. You know, I'm five, I think it was five foot ten. And he says it was easily twice my height. Easily. He says it was like looking up to, at the top of a basketball uh, hoop, you know, a basketball board. That's what, how tall it was. And with the school teacher, well, she could see this walking right under the streetlight. And she walked up to the streetlight and looked at it, you know, cause, and measured it, you know, eyeballing it. So she has a pretty good handle on how tall this thing was. Yeah, and she estimated it was taking 10-foot strides. A person can't do that, not even on stilts. I mean, there was a case that was going on. I mean, this was happening for a while. It was... Was that exactly? You guys might be able to help me out a bit, but they, there were these night stilt walkers that were going around parks and stuff dressed in costumes doing this walking around in stilts thing, and there was people who had even videotaped this. You know, that sounds like a good title for a movie, Walking Around on Stilts Thing. The Stilt Walkers. <laughs> uh, speaking of TV and movies, we just learned that Debris... This NBC show from the creator of Fringe about the outcome of the debris from a crashed or destroyed starship has been canceled. And the last episode of the 13-episode season ended with basically a cliffhanger. So they left the story hanging like they do with a lot of these series. You get into it. If you could, it's kind of dense. You get into it. You enjoy the characters. And you want to find what the solution is going to be. They brought in John Noble, if you remember him from Fringe, as a villain character in the final episode or two. Kaput. That yeah. sucks. They did that with the 4400, too. But you said that they're bringing that back. They're doing a, like a relaunch of it. They're doing a reboot of the 4400 on the CW this coming year. I'm still waiting for the ultimate E.T. movie that portrays it wholly accurately. I mean, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was pretty good. And there was the Intruders miniseries, you know, based on Bud Hopkins' work. Right. But most of this stuff is so fictionalized. I mean, even the movie Fire in the Sky, which was a great movie until he was actually taken on board, that was entirely dramatized. It was not what happened. Not even close. Now, Tracy Torme, the producer of the film, was on the PowerCast, and he explained part of that is that the real plot line, what really happened, would have duplicated existing Hollywood property. 
So therefore, they didn't want to just match what was there already in basically a fictional film, even though based on fact. So they changed it, allegedly. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I can't tell you how many people came up to me freaked out saying, oh, my God, is this what happens when you're taken on board? This is terrifying. Like, no, nope, not what happens. Uh, I think they should have just gone with it. It's an interesting story enough. I mean, you don't. I don't know. I mean, I understand that, you know, this got to please the producers, the mucky mucks and all that. (laughs) You never know when they take a property in Hollywood, regardless of the story, how it's going to end up. Because suddenly you have lots of hands in the pie. And a lot of these movies are funded by a bunch of private equity companies investing And each of these companies who may only be in it because of the money will decide they want to have some creative control. That's why when you watch these movies, the credits, closing credits or opening credits, you see like 26 executive producers. That's 26 people, most of whom wrote checks. (laughs) Yep, everyone wants to put their piece in the, you know, their fingers in the pie. (laughs) Uh, This is true with reality TV, too. I tell you, I've been on a number of shows, and sometimes ugh, they, you know, you have to be careful when you're watching TV. It's edited. Oh yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen you on a couple of them. Actually, it's like, hey, there's Preston. <laughs> yeah, you know, get, get this. I was just recently. <laughs> this is probably going to make you laugh. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. Called what? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I talked to Chloe and Kim Kardashian about UFOs. They wanted to call one down. They live in Malibu. They live in this major hotspot and wanted some advice on how to call down a UFO. So I did. I gave it to them. You know, meditate, bring on a flashlight, stay out late at night, and so forth. And they did it. Okay, so wait a minute. You say you gave it to them. All right. (laughs) With both barrels, you gave it to them. Uh, Uh, They were nice. I have to say they were really nice people and uh, did what I said. Stayed out late at night and actually did catch footage of this unknown light, this anomalous looking orb type thing. Scared them enough where they ran back inside, which I told them not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but let me ask you a question here, Preston. Are you sure they really did that? Maybe just they just made it up for the show. Um, yeah, I can't say for sure I wasn't there. Um, this was done over Zoom. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, that sounds fun, though, anyways. I think that's a great story. Um, wh- I, I mean, we we can't um, forget to mention here, though, when we're talking about entertainment and films, that, of course, you know, James Fox still has his documentary, The Phenomenon, out there. And that's pretty, pretty you know, it's not really dramatized much. It's pretty true-to-life stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I thought it did a really good job. It's not a whole lot of new information for, you know, UFO researchers covered what I would say are the classic cases uh, that have been pretty well covered before. But he dug up firsthand witnesses, documentation to, I mean, he really dug deep. It was really well done, I thought, and really kind of cemented these cases in to uh, history. We got more to come with Preston Dennett, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracore. 
Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hey, everybody. If you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing. We've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I see Randall is fading. Anyway, by the way, Preston will continue with us on After the Paracast this week, part of the Paracast Plus. Now, speaking of movie properties and such, I read somewhere, and I have to look up Variety or somewhere, where Leslie Kane's book UFO was purchased by Hollywood. Now, I have no idea how that's going to turn out. We'll give you the classic story, okay? A certain flying saucer book from the 50s was purchased by Hollywood was Major Donald Kehoe's book, I think Flying Saucers from Outer Space. Correct me if I'm wrong, the first two or three books were almost the same with different sightings. It's almost like he could write one book and just fill in a few blanks. In any particular case, Hollywood bought the movie. The first 30 seconds showed something that was a fairly credible presentation of UFO sightings. And then the aliens were on the loose. The movie, based on a fact book or suggested by a fact book, came in 1956, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. And Kehoe was really upset. He was very naive about Hollywood. He didn't realize that when you option a book to Hollywood, if they decide to proceed with the project, unless you get creative control, which is rare, rare, they can do anything they want. Yeah, I always have to laugh when... You hear this little disclaimer on the beginning of a movie, suggested by real events. <laughs> I'm like, well, what's that mean? <laughs> from the headlines on Law and Order. Yeah, I've been on, you know, some TV shows. Once they handed me my list of questions, and I'm like, okay, these are kind of interesting. And then they handed me my answers. I'm like, what? what wait, what? <laughs> it was yeah, totally scripted. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Another time, I was doing a news segment. Channel Four News came to interview me about a flying saucer landing in this field. This was in Topanga Canyon. I showed him where it landed. I'm like, it was right here. And I've got two witnesses who saw it directly, other people around who saw it in the sky. And they're like, oh, wow, you know, you know where, where's the landing marks? I'm like, well, there, there's no actual physical traces that we could find. And he points to a gopher hole. He says, is that it? I'm like, no, that's actually a gopher hole. He says, would you mind sticking your hand in there and saying that's a landing trace? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, I mind. He says, well, could, would you just point to it then? I'm, and I knew what they were doing at that point. I was yeah. wise to this. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not even going to point to that because I knew how it would end up. Yeah. Okay, here's the, what I was telling you about. New Line and HBO Max and producer Laura Bickford have teamed up to frame a movie around fact-based modern government investigations into UFOs. Bryce Cass has penned the script. Based on investigative reporter Leslie Kane's journey while investigating and covering unexplained aerial phenomena over many years, the movie will also tell the story of Louis Elizondo. It also mentions Christopher Mellon. So this apparently is a fictional movie but it's based supposedly on fact. Now, just to mention this, Bickford is a producer of some very famous films like Traffic. So she has certainly a major, major level of credibility in Hollywood. It doesn't tell us what this is going to be. It's a fiction movie. It's going to be, what, sci-fi or something like that. It's not a documentary, folks. 
It could be okay, though. It might be, you know, good to check out. I mean, ufology, uh, occult, I just said ufology. It's a, it's a word I hate. You're fired. <laughs> the ufology culture is pretty cool. I love it. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always have to be factual for me, so long as I, I know the difference. And knowing the difference kind of makes the fiction even more interesting, kind of, because you can go, hey, I know that where you know where that came from that's kind of you know it's cool to see that in there it's it's one of the reasons i I love the x-files so much yeah yeah x-files was a good show um i think they covered some of this stuff accurately too well the only exception would be x-files i think when they brought it back they relaunched it with the original cast i don't think they did as well as they could have i think the final episodes were i don't know disappointing well that's how it goes with with a lot of that stuff i mean everything runs its course eventually so you know but well, here the show ran its course and they brought it back anyway yeah it ran two courses who <laughs> thinks up anything new anymore really you know it seems like it's all ideas or actual shows that have been done before and just relaunched or reimagined cbs specializes in that They've got Magnum P.I., a new generation. No resemblance, whatever, except maybe in character names, to the original with Tom Selleck. They brought back Hawaii Five-0, which has managed to last nine seasons. They bring back these shows with new casts, younger casts, and they try to find new energy in it. I don't know if they take the original stories or not. MacGyver came back. If you remember yeah. the original MacGyver, he would take toothpaste and make some kind of fabulous invention. And that was played by Richard Dean Anderson, who later on went to Stargate SG-1. Now, they brought it back with this young, anonymous actor who wasn't terribly good, and it lasted about five years. I don't know how, and that ended this past year. Yeah, you know, they bring back every If they remake the Titanic... <laughs> One more time. <laughs> well, they brought back was Star is Born was made four times. Now, I have to say this. The current Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga won multiple Academy Awards. I saw it. It was a pretty good film. Yeah, it was good. But check that out. How many times do you redo the story? True. I guess yeah, every 25 years. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the, well, the last really creative thing that was, I mean, even it wasn't an entirely new idea, but I mean, 1999 with The Matrix, that that was really something that was phenomenal. And I haven't really seen anything to that extent that, that is that kind of groundbreaking in terms of filmmaking sense. I'm done with the Superman movies, too. Please stop. Well, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. The TV series <laughs> Superman and Lois, and it borrows some from what we call the Snyderverse. It has a darker aspect. It shows Superman and Lois Lane married for, what, 15, 20 years. So this is an older Superman and Lois Lane. They have teenage kids, one of whom is developing superpowers. And it's really well done. The special effects quite decent. And they brought in other characters, DC characters. So I think in that case, it's very well done. Now, I understand about Superman movies. Man of Steel I liked except for the final third where he and General Zod destroyed Metropolis. I thought that went overboard. But I think the character was well done, especially trying to show this 
outcast from another planet trying to cope with life on Earth and understanding his powers. I thought it was very well done. I thought Henry Cavill was good, just as Tyler Hoechlin is good playing Superman on Superman and Lois. So, yeah, I think that it's possible to bring these characters back, as they've done for, what, 70, 80 years, and give them credibility and make them relevant in this day and age. We've got more to come with Preston, Gene, and Randall. They'll disagree with me, but that's all right. Everybody does. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Amid the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, Vice President Kamala Harris is heading to Mexico and Guatemala on her first trip to the region. Harris set to arrive in Guatemala Sunday night. It's her first trip to Central America since President Biden tasked her with tackling the surge of migration from the region. Republican Congressman August Luger of Texas believes the Biden administration has failed in its responsibility to address the southern border crisis. The administration, President Biden, Vice President Harris, have abdicated their responsibilities to keep Americans safe. They have abdicated their duties. This is a federal issue. The state of Texas had to declare emergencies in 34 counties. Former President Trump is endorsing Representative Ted Budd of North Carolina to replace retiring Senator Richard Burr in 2020. USA Radio News. Back-to-back earthquakes are being reported in Southern California on Saturday. The U.S. Geological Survey says the strongest was a magnitude 5.3 quake with a depth of 5 kilometers. All of them struck just before 11 a.m. local time near Salton Sea in Imperial County. That's about 7 miles from Calipetria and about 25 miles from El Centro. Residents in San Diego, Oceanside, Escondido, and near the Mexico border say they felt it. The first four earthquakes had preliminary magnitudes between 4 and 4.6. A Florida man has a good reason to quit his job, but he says he won't. Pensacola's Gregory Thomas recently won a million dollars in a Florida lottery scratch-off game, his lump sum payment $790,000. But that's still not enough to get the 52-year-old to quit the job he has had for about 30 years as a school bus driver. Thomas says he's planning to use some of his winnings to help his parents. From the USA Radio News Florida Bureau, I'm Mike Fortier. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. Call 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Do I really sound cynical that everybody disagrees with me? No, 99.9% of the people. That's it. Let's get back to talking about UFOs, not about the next Superman movie. Because now there's going to be, because they want to be politically correct, another of another race, Superman. You know, that's okay. That's cool. And that's produced by J.J. Abrams. And I don't want to get involved in my feelings about J.J. Abrams and how he screwed up Star Trek. I just did. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you walked right into it pretty deep. <laughs> Right there. Uh, Superman, you know, there's a there's a cultural significance to Superman that's always been there because he represents the person that everybody wishes was real to write the injustices in the world that they see happening, but that nobody seems to be able to actually manage. And also uh, remember, he's the ultimate alien. Isn't that right, Preston? Like we, it seems like that people are doing the same thing with with aliens. They want, you know, there's the Space Brothers. They're going to come down. They're going to save the world, or are they? Like, have you interviewed people where? Because I know you've interviewed contactees and stuff. They're not intervening. It seems like in any kind of way, or or they, they seem to wish us well, but that's about all. Um, in some cases, they do intervene individually, and sometimes in large groups. There was one case I found very interesting. This was in one of my prior books. I interviewed this lady by the name of Pat Cates, who had had experiences her whole life, gray type ETs, UFO dreams, she called them. She'd find herself on board. Described pretty much typical experiences until one time, this is in 1984, she finds herself standing outside of a UFO. It's early morning, and she's looking down over what looks like a, a village, maybe in South America or somewhere. She could tell it wasn't the U.S. It didn't look like that. She wasn't sure where. She's standing next to a human-looking E.T. in a blue jumpsuit. She assumes it's an E.T. because there's greys walking around underneath this UFO. And this alleged E.T. takes her into this village, and they start pulling people out of their homes and pulling them on board a craft. And not just one or two. She was at this for hours. Wasn't sure why she obeyed them um everyone just followed like sheep they pulled several hundred people I'm like several hundred how many she's like well honestly it was probably over a thousand and nobody questioned anything 
next thing she knows, you know, they pull these people on board. The craft lifts up, and there's a huge explosion off in the distance, a volcano. And this wall of mud, debris, and ice, and houses, and bodies comes sweeping over this town and just buries it. She said it was horrific. The UFO dips down, picks a few people out of the mud, and uh, does this several times. And next thing she knows, it's landing in her driveway back in Louisiana. And she's being escorted back into her bed, wakes up the next morning thinking, wow, that was a zinger. You know, what? A, she calls up her friend, says, I had the, one of the craziest UFO dreams I've ever had, and describes it to her friend. And her friend's like, Pat, hang up the phone and turn on the TV right now. So she does, turns on the TV, and there's her UFO dream in full color on every channel. The town of Armero, the, the volcano in Nevada del Ruiz, had just exploded and buried the town of Armero in Colombia. 23,000 people were killed, buried under mud. And now she's thinking, hmm, what the heck did I experience? You know, were people being rescued from this volcanic explosion? That's what she believes happened. I have a book on this case, by the way. Uh, were were you, you able to locate any of the people who were rescued? Or no, no, oh. no. I asked her. I'm like, what do you think happened to these people? She's like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No, they couldn't put them back on Earth very well because presumably they're dead. But I don't know. Perhaps they were rescued. She had to go to a therapist over this. It upset her really badly. Look, I wonder if there's people wandering around down there now going like, I should have been dead, but somehow this thing happened to me down there. Like, you'd think that there'd be, by now, like, you know, if there was a thousand people, they'd all be from the same town. They'd all be getting together and going, what the hell happened to us? I'm not so sure they're here on Earth anymore. Uh, Yeah, maybe these ETs thought, well, you know, they're all going to die anyway. Maybe we could just take a few specimens. Yeah. One lady I interviewed, the ETs told her a bunch of stuff. And one of the things they told her, if people should go missing from this planet, it's us and it's being done for the greater good. And now there's this whole missing 411 phenomenon going on with, uh, you know, David Paulides and a bunch, Steph Young and a bunch of other people writing books on this. All the people missing from national parks and so forth. And I'm wondering, hmm, because there are cases of people who've been taken and not returned. Look at a uh, that pilot, Frederick Valentich, or Felix Monkledge right. Jr. Yeah, yeah we've all heard these stories like that, and but that's a real doozy, that one. Um, wow. Yeah, and so, well, getting back to how we started the show with disclosure, then people are going to be going, well, okay, there's that's how deep it goes. It's, it's like, okay, if they're real the ramifications of it go a lot deeper than just, oh, yeah, you know, they're out there and they, they happen to fly around and just chase them every once in a while. Yeah, all those government study projects, Blue Book, counting to me, every single one of them said, UFOs are no threat to national security, which kind of always made me laugh because I'm well, I mean, if they're abducting people, if they're picking them on board, shutting off our missiles, chasing our jets, I think from a military standpoint, these guys have got to be freaked out. And probably do think it's a national security threat. I don't. I don't think they're here to take over our planet. I don't think there's any good evidence that they're having, you know, here to eat us for lunch or, or breakfast or dessert or anything like that. Uh, but I do think they're here in large numbers. I do think people are being taken on board. 
uh, I think the evidence for UFOs is pretty much conclusive in the public arena. Just oh, yeah, in the public arena. I mean, there's enough of us who know. We were just talking about this um, with Jonathan Lace the other day, and and there's he he it was a military guy, and so, you know, I asked him, I said, okay, so there's us out here, we know. Like, you might say we don't have that, you know, that conclusive proof, but there's enough people from their own firsthand experiences who know that this is going on. And in the military, well, they've got to know because they've got all this tracking equipment all over the world and in space and everything they have to know. So they know and we know. So how do we bridge that gap? Yeah, yeah, well... Speaking of that, I do have a, a number of whistleblower cases in this latest book. Well, let's one, talk about a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, one I was really happy to be a part of was the Malmstrom incident, 1967. Very famous case. Robert Salas was the first whistleblower who came out and described how UFOs came over Malmstrom, where we have nuclear missiles, and they shut them down. Not just one, but all of them. Uh, it caused a huge uproar. He was did not actually see it. He was down underground, uh, but had people calling him saying, "Ah, oh, there's a UFOs at the front gate. There's UFOs at the missile site. And he was the first guy to come forward and reveal this. Since then, there's been a number of witnesses who've confirmed this. And I talked to this gentleman by the name of Mel Hansen. He's elderly and heard this on TV and said, oh, okay, I guess it's public now. I can talk. And he tried to contact a number of uh, researchers and radio stations, and no one seemed interested. He found me, and I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm interested. Are you kidding? He was actually at one of the missile sites uh, working on it. He did maintenance on these uh, sites and uh, was there when suddenly one of these objects shows up right over the missile itself. Very low, very large, blocked off the stars. And uh, he radioed into his superiors, like, we got something over our missile site here. And they're like, stay in the Jeep, don't get out, just stay there. And he got out. He wanted to see what it looked like. Uh, couldn't really make out what it looked like. It was just sort of a dark silhouette, but totally silent. And it shuts down the missile site. I don't want to say that the UFO pilots are peaceniks, but we've got a break with Gene Randall and Preston. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the 
coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. We've entered a time where sky truly is the limit and opportunity awaits. The Internet has become a platform of everyone's worldwide communications. Billionaires building businesses on platforms that didn't even exist a generation ago. But in the sea of noise, how can the voice of your business be heard? The secret is over a 100 years old. Radio, 228% more effective than TV. That's 228% more effective than television. Brick and mortar and cyber businesses alike have found radio to be the most effective for building a brand and delivering customers. Learn the secrets of radio advertising by calling 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so are the UFO knots peaceniks, Preston Dennett? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think probably they're, you know, the people at this uh, base were not so convinced because what happened was it shut down the missile site, which of course has backup power. Immediately after it shuts down, it goes on to the diesel generator power. 
And it was just a few moments when they shut that down. And they have backup backups. This missile site went back online using battery power. And that was shut down too. So boom, 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 three fail-safes went offline until it was completely shut down. Yeah, from a military standpoint, they have got to be freaking out thinking, oh, you know, this is, what are they doing? He didn't see any little green men. He says it's not like portrayed in science fiction. It was just this very large object hovering there. And he thought maybe they were testing their abilities. Uh, in my mind, this was just a clear message about us messing with nuclear weapons. Because that has always been the number one message from anyone taken on board who gets more than, you know, don't be afraid, we won't hurt you. If anyone gets a message, by and large, I, I can pretty much expect it's going to be something along the lines of, why are you messing around with nuclear power? You know, why are you guys so warlike and aggressive? Why are you polluting your planet? This sort of thing. So I think this Malmstrom incident was a clear message on the part of the ETs not a hostile act. It was just a little bit of a warning saying, we will stop you if you try to use these weapons. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know, there we go. We've got the, the alien intervention for the good of mankind happening. I mean, that is a Superman type move right there when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. He was told not to talk about it. Officials made it very, very clear, but he says, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy here. I want to do my part for disclosure. No, why not? Um, well, I'm really glad that you brought this up because I've been somewhat uh, standoffish on the whole nuclear missile in the Salas uh, case and all of that because looking into it, I, of course, I look into the side of the skeptics as well. And, you know, they they've we're saying that it's all pretty much hearsay. This person was not there. He heard it, not even just secondhand, but thirdhand from somebody else who, and then they tried to get a hold of those people and they didn't really see much of anything. And then they found, they went and looked even further and found where the actual part that it failed was. And it was just an electronic relay. And when that relay goes down, everything goes down because it's, it's just how it works. It's a chain reaction type of effect. And so it was just a, a part that had burnt out now, you know, so you kind of go, well, okay, this whole story doesn't really seem to, to hold together very well, but talking to a firsthand witness who was there, who actually saw something like this wasn't at Malmstrom. This was at another base. You're saying, right? No, this was at Malmstrom. Oh, it was at Malmstrom. Yeah, so first, is- yeah, it's like firsthand witness. That's a whole other story. Like I give firsthand accounts, a lot of credibility. I mean, assuming that they're telling the truth. So that's a really interesting addition to this case. Yeah. Robert Salas was certainly interested in it. Because he's got, there are a number of witnesses who have come forward firsthand. It's not relying on one witness. And for that matter, the Malmstrom incident is not unique. Anything nuclear um, has a UFO history behind it. A number of the military officers I've spoken with, and there are a number of them, have described similar incidents. I talked to one guy, Ray Sachs, an electrician's mate on the USS Klamagar, 1971. They're heading up the East Coast. When a USO shows up on the surface in the submarine, the Klamagar, heading at around 12 knots, when this underwater object comes zooming up at over 100 knots and paces the submarine for a good 15 minutes. 
commander saw it, the second in command. He was on watch duty with another petty officer. And they all saw it. It wasn't on the sonar. So that was strange. But one by one, all the major officers came up on deck because they wanted to see it too. And the Klamagor was not known at this time, but now we know, did in fact carry nuclear-tipped torpedoes. Yeah, Ray Sachs, great witness. I verified his employment, the whole deal. So many cases where anything nuclear, whether it's a power station or a, you know, a missile base or a guided missile cruiser or a submarine, the UFOs are there. Well, this whole thing with the exercise uh, just off the coast, actually down where you are there with the Nimbus that they're talking about now that led to this leading up to this whole possibly disclosure thing was it was a big military training exercise i mean yeah they seem to be definitely interested in our military no question about it yeah yeah by the way i just did a show with expedition x josh gates they wanted to cover the whole catalina island complex of sightings i've got 150 cases i've documented there objects over the water coming in and out of the water darting around underwater at high speeds and they brought out their heavy-duty equipment and caught three pretty major events. Boy, there's one piece of footage. This show just aired uh, where they caught something coming right up out of the water. It is really good. Some of the best I've seen, actually. Where did we get to see this? Um, this is on the Discovery Channel, Expedition X with Josh Gates. Yep, just aired. I'm sure they'll repeat it. And that was not the only footage they caught. Often these reality shows, you know, go through a whole hour where they're hunting around, <laughs> tromping through, whatever. It's all kind of just fluff. Well, we've been so saturated with all of this now that I, I used to spend hours sifting through all of the films and, and videos and stuff that people put on YouTube. And there would be nothing substantial there once in a while you'd go, well, that's pretty interesting. I don't know exactly what that was, but it would be the exception. And it'd be this little clip somewhere buried in, you know, one of those other shows between, you know, 20 or 30 other clips. And there would be no reference to who it was or where it was. It would be just, and we got this video from somebody in some place. And that was all it would say about it. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm and so I, I gave up. I just gave up because you can't tell anymore. Yeah, footage is great. It's all well and good, a UFO wow. photograph. But unless you have an eyewitness willing to stand behind it, forget it. I don't want to hear it because um, it's too easily faked. Photoshop can you know, show just about anything. But well, you, you have took the MUFON field investigating course. I mean, do, do you even take, you know, somebody phones in or says or you see something is like, oh, look, somebody did a UFO report. From where? I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. Where was it? Well, I'm not sure. Do you even pay any attention to it then? <laughs> you know, like it's, well, I'm willing, to, yeah, I'm willing to look at all reports, uh, but you can instantly tell when something has real pay dirt in it. Uh, and the, what I like is when people have moving photographs from multiple locations. And that is so, so rare. Uh, a lot of people have cell phones now, and they're, they film something, and their family is there, and they're willing to stand behind it. Um, yeah, I'm talking to one guy right now from Kentucky. He's filming these guys pretty regularly. I've shown it to other contactees uh, who you know, have a pretty good idea of what UFOs look like, and they're like, yeah, this looks like what I saw. 
So there is good footage out there, but you have to really sift through a lot of, you know, chaff uh, to get the good gold nuggets there. Well, how how come? Okay, so you you talked to all of these people over the years, and we we know about the concern, alleged concern that the aliens have for our well-being in terms of our ecology and the ability for us to make war on ourselves. But we know all this. We, we've been telling ourselves this. We don't really need them to tell us, but it wouldn't hurt if they actually really made it plain and clear that they're here, because then we might take their message more seriously than the way that they're going about it all kind of back, you know, shadow and smoke and mirrors and everything. If they would just come out and hover over a city and say, like, look, get it together, maybe then people would take them seriously. So why don't they? Yeah, this is what Michio Michio Kaku said on TV recently or on the Internet. Like, why don't they just land in the White House lawn? I'm like, oh, gosh, well, do you not know about what happened in the 1950s? Uh, where they nearly did, but what did we do? We chased after them. You know, we're pretty hostile towards them when they start to land <laughs> next to the Capitol. Uh, and if so, the E.T. is into <laughs> pop culture, they saw the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. So what happened <laughs> when Klaatu's spaceship landed? Well, um, he wants to give a gift for the president, and he takes it out of his pocket, and he's shot down. Yeah. Hey, we got more to come with Press and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to Veterans 
different nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You see, that's the whole thing about whether or not there can be any UFO disclosure. If everything is, if you guys suggest, E.T. is among us, maybe we can induce them to land. I think if I was responsible for that, I'd stay away from the crazy earthlings because we'd shoot them. And even if we have the power to destroy earthlings, that would just start a space war. We don't want that. How would we be educated to handle genuine encounters with extraterrestrials? Not in this world where you can't put two people in the same room and have them agree on who the president is. It used to be part of a cognitive test, by the way. And you go to a cognitive test here in the States, and one of the common questions would be, who is the president? Now you can't get a correct answer. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) What an interesting observation that is. Yeah, pretty funny. But, you know, I do think that the UFOs are, I mean, it's clear to me, they're putting on a pretty aggressive publicity campaign, showing themselves off on purpose. Yeah, they are evasive. You know, you can't just go outside and see a UFO anytime you want. But on the other hand, we have incidents like the Phoenix Lights, the Hudson Valley Wave, the Gulf Breeze Wave, a wave over Whitville, Virginia, the Topanga Canyon Wave, the Belgium Wave, huge wave in France. They are showing themselves off over and over again in an obvious wanting-to-be-seen manner. So I think they are doing their part to disclosure, but are doing it in a way that's not wanting to cause too many waves, complete panic, and you know setting off an atom bomb in our culture. But bit by bit, they seem to be getting closer and closer, and this phenomenon, I think, is escalating bit by bit. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's what's really going to happen, and they know it, and that's why what we're really in for. You know, maybe Stephen Bassett's going to finally, you know, live to see his day where, the, you know, the UFOs do come down, and that's what they're getting us prepared for now. Yeah, I hope so, because I do feel like they're getting... I mean, look at MUFON and NUFORC, National UFO Reporting Center. They receive, you know, what, 10, 20 reports daily, most people do not report to reporting centers, uh, but they've had a steady escalation of reports. And whether this is to the, due to the fact that people are more aware of UFOs or this phenomenon is actually escalating, I think that's a matter of some speculation and debate. But I'm on the side where, like, no, this phenomenon is escalating. Because there are regular waves of sightings, and we're way overdue for one. So... I am looking forward to the next 
big Phoenix Lights type incident where thousands of people are seeing this, and it can no longer ever be denied, ever. That had, the Phoenix Lights had happened in today's times, we would have more than just a few you know, pieces of footage. We would have hundreds. We also have to separate the two Phoenix Lights cases, the one that was just flares and the one that was kind of strange. Now, recalling back to the 1990s, I was busy writing technology books. I didn't look outside. And probably if I did, I would have seen something. Yeah, I like the Phoenix Lights incident so many. I mean, what Kurt Russell came out publicly. He's like, oh, yeah, I was there. I saw it. And, uh, we have more and more people, you know, celebrities, people within government. We have senators who've seen UFOs. We have representatives. We have presidents. We have governors. We have people when, within every level of government and military who have come forward and said that they've seen stuff. We've had disclosure to a large extent. What we really need is a sitting head of state to say flat out, this is real. Well, we should point out here, too, that Kurt Russell was the original star of Stargate, the movie version. He played the role that Richard Dean Anderson played in the TV show. (laughs) Maybe he knows something. But uh, yeah. Did you see Biden recently asked about UFOs? He said, go talk to Obama. (laughs) (laughs) He dodged the question, ended the conference. I wish he would just say it. Come on, say it. It's not that hard. UFOs are real. Honestly, stop lying, you guys. Isn't he religious or something, though, too? He he goes to church and all of that. I mean, people, churchy people seem to be less inclined to want to believe in ufos or it's it's seen as kind of a threat to their their hierarchy or something i mean i i don't know how religious he is but you know yeah i've talked to people who were very religious and had encounters and it's difficult for them it shifts their worldview um some you know start thinking oh maybe this is demonic i've had a few people you know who are still convinced of that but most people who are super religious and confront this phenomena start to question religion in its entirety and sort of shift away from you know being strictly religious um, I, I i respect people's faith you know that's fine uh believe what you want to believe uh i would certainly never you know want to step on anyone's toes in that capacity religion is a core belief for people but so is the existence of ufos this is something that will change your worldview. And I think that's why it's so hard for skeptics, because it is a core belief, something that really defines who you are and your place in this universe. I don't think we're at the top of the food chain. I don't think the Earth is the center of the universe. That's never worked out, historically speaking. I think we're just getting more and more reminders of that with this whole phenomenon coming closer and closer and closer. Uh, getting back to your book now briefly, not because we don't want to forget that, because after all, this is one of the reasons you're here is to talk about your new book. And uh, 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 can you tell us about there's one here that's kind of caught my interest. A young artist is visited by short blue humanoids intent on recording all her memories. That sounds pretty interesting. Can, can you tell us a bit about that one? Short yeah. and blue. I got to hear about this. <laughs> Short yeah, blue. Hmm. Uh, blue. Blue-skinned beings. Not little green men, little blue men. Not Smurfs. <laughs> no. 
No, no. And, and, you know, I do hear all different types of ETs, grays mostly, over 50% easily, gosh, maybe even 70%. Uh, praying mantis is fairly common, human-looking, strange humanoids of all kinds, but short blue humanoids does turn up fairly regularly. And you might be interested to know that this is a family member, and this is, in fact, the artist for this, the cover of this book. This is Christine Kisara, my sister-in-law, who didn't tell me this at first <laughs> until you know I had pretty, been pretty deep into UFO research. She's like, you know, I think it's time that I tell you about what happened to me as a kid. And uh, she was just a little girl, maybe uh, 12 years old or so, uh, nine, and uh, was sleeping in her bedroom with her little sister. And I woke up one evening to see these figures around her bed, at the foot of her bed mostly. And she described them as short blue beings with kind of this thick folded skin, tiny little twinkly beady eyes, uh, wearing what cloaks of some kind. Uh, it was dark, she didn't get a super good look at them, but she did do an illustration of them. Uh, it's in the book. I've showed it to other contactees who claim to have seen these beings. And they're like, wow, that's exactly what I saw. So I feel like it's probably, her representation is probably very accurate. She's very talented. And uh, she described how these guys took out these little fiber optic type instruments that look like little fiber optics, about as long as a pencil maybe, very thin, and started pressing them to the bottoms of her feet. She's not sure if it pierced the skin or not. She doesn't think so. She didn't really feel any energy or anything from it. Didn't hurt. She wasn't scared. But she's like, leans up and says, what are you doing? <laughs> and they said, oh, we are taking your memories. We are recording your memories. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Recording <laughs> her memories from her feet. Okay. Yep. Did she wash her feet first? We've got more uh, to come with Preston Dennett, Gene and Randall. You're in. The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. 
We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, no smelly feet jokes. <laughs> I think this is really interesting, though, because young people, a lot of young people have experiences with them. These, these aliens do seem to be very interested in our youth. Children, yes, they have great imaginations, but they also, they're not sophisticated enough to, to come up with that kind of a lie for the most part, you know? Like, they, they just then they have no reason to be afraid of it either. They're not stigmatized. They're just like, this happened to me, right? Yeah, this is one of the reasons I did write in the past a book for children, because they're the ones who are dealing with it, and the parents don't believe them most of the time. This is a note to all parents out there. If your kid starts describing aliens coming into their bedroom, maybe you know, take them a little more seriously. Usually they'll, ah, it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare. I hear it over and over again. 
Oh, my God. Well, I mean, here we go with another thing with disclosure. If they do disclose, I mean, how many parents actually do have that with kids doing that? I mean, all of a sudden, are we going to, to have parents panicking that their kids are being abducted by aliens? Like actually are being abducted by aliens and it's not just like a dream? Yeah, that's why I'm like, dang, this is a can of worms. Oh, wow. They've made their own bed. This is their own darn fault for handling the phenomena this way and making UFO witnesses look like liars or hoaxing or misperceiving or on drugs. Stupid. Well, let me ask you this. You made a really interesting point about how, from our perspective, our worldview is very different from people who have, there are still people who've never really even heard of it. I mean, today, pretty much it's in our culture, but it's all, there are people who you know, just think of it as, you know, as it's part of an advertising campaign, it's all fiction, it's just part of, you know, culture. It's not real. For us, we know it's real. Our worldview includes the view that Earth is not alone in the universe. There are other intelligent beings that are technologically advanced visiting Earth, or at least our civilization from somewhere, wherever they come from. And that worldview is so completely different from people who don't have it. Now, back at the beginning of the show, you described how you were one of those people. You simply didn't believe it. You were in a complete other headspace. Your worldview has shifted an incredible amount to go from there to where you are now. Can people do it overnight? They're going to have to. And I've talked to people who've been shocked out of their skin by driving up to a UFO or seeing one land in their backyard. Or, and I can only imagine how difficult that must be uh, because it was difficult for me just learning that it was real secondhand from other people's stories. I mean, I was not happy. This is why I won't let it go. It was so hard. I don't want anyone to have to go through that. Yeah, they're going to have to, and I've talked to people who have been just knocked over by this phenomenon, having a sighting while they're super skeptical. Uh, a lot of people, they're not so skeptical, you know, they just don't really think about it. They're like, eh, you know, maybe, I think it's probably real, but I haven't looked into it. I think probably that's the majority of people who, you know, aren't, like, interested in this phenomenon. Times are changing. I remember when the Pentagon made their first announcement, what was it, three years ago, you know, the pilots are seeing this stuff, the Tic Tac incident. I uh, brought it up at work, and then no one had heard of it. It made no ripple in the mainstream culture. But now they're all coming up to me at the office and like, oh, you were right. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, I've been telling you since I've been working here <laughs> that this is real. How does that feel? Does that feel good to be a little bit? I mean, yeah, but what if it, they do the same thing as they've always done, though, Preston, where, I mean, this is the classic Robertson panel uh, discrediting strategy where you build up a story and you build up a story and you make it seem like it's going to be something. And then at the end, they take the pin and they pop the balloon. Right. Yeah. Good you luck. <laughs> it's like the Superman thing. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird. <laughs> oh, yeah, it actually is a bird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see him try. Say that this there's nothing to this. We, we think it might be a foreign country. Ha! Yeah, go ahead. We are armed now. We have an army <laughs> of investigators ready 
with the evidence, good evidence, radar returns, landing trace cases, implant removal cases, medical effect cases, electromagnetic effect cases. You know, we, we are ready. We have enough really good evidence, I think, to hold up in a court of law to prove this phenomenon. But would anybody want to bother to be like, okay, we know, you know, we both know, is like, okay, I'm going home to have dinner now. <laughs> like, it's like, uh. Yeah, I don't think disclosure is going to have the kind of effect we're looking for until we see the Roswell craft in a museum and the bodies. To me, that's disclosure. Anything less, I'm not settling for. Do you ever feel like you're getting a little burnt out by the whole thing? Like, do you ever do you suffer from that at all? Like, where it's just like you've so enmeshed yourself in it that you just kind of need a break sometimes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure I'd call it burnout. I'd call it like <laughs> over saturation. I'm like, oh my god, I I can't live and breathe and eat UFOs 24 hours a day. I need a break. But it's like quicksand. <laughs> You can't get out of it. It's really, really hard. I think I've heard a number of people say this. Like, once you're in, you're part of the club. There's no way out. <laughs> it's like Hotel California. You're in Hotel California. Yeah, I, don't, I love this stuff. I think it's super interesting. I mean, it's science fiction come to life. It, I understand skeptics, having been one myself. And people think, oh, you know, it doesn't affect me. You know, why should I even care? Like, well, it probably does affect you more than you know. I mean, just think, if we actually do have this technology, just how, think how much that can change every single aspect of society. If this comes out in a mainstream way, and our government says, yes, they're aliens, they're here, we're in contact with them. Well, religion is going to be impacted. Economics is going to be impacted. Science, oh my God. Medicine education all the history books are going to have to be rewritten this has got to be taught in schools because it is history this is now a part of human history and it's a big big story you know what makes it worse they even have arguments about history whether for example we can reflect the history of this country as it concerns slavery and such we can't have that history because they object to it. How dare we say things that really happen, even if we don't like them? So just getting accurate history is enough. I mean, when I went to school, I remember being told stupid things about George Washington, the cherry tree, back like I was in elementary school. That stuff, of course, was nonsense. But it's not that we even give our kids accurate information in their schools all the time. So imagine teaching them about them. Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, Preston Dennett. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. At Saturday's Republican convention in North Carolina, former President Trump is telling China they must pay. The former president also calling out medical director Tony Fauci amidst Fauci's claim that COVID wasn't made in a Chinese lab. But he's been wrong on almost every issue, and he was wrong on Wuhan and the lab also, very wrong. Trump also saying China inflicted $16 trillion of economic damage onto the United States and claimed the lives of thousands. Phoenix, Arizona fire officials say Saturday's fire is requiring more personnel than any other fire in the city's history. More than 200 firefighters engaged the blaze on the west side of the city and engulfed multiple buildings and started at a recycling center. You're listening to USA Radio News. President Biden is rejecting the latest Republican proposal on the infrastructure bill. Biden saying on Friday the GOP proposal doesn't meet his objectives to grow the economy, tackle the climate crisis, and create new jobs. The two sides will continue negotiations on Monday. It's shaping up to be an unusually deadly year for some of Florida's most beloved animals. Manatee deaths in Florida this year could reach an all-time high. As of May 28th, the Florida Wildlife Conservation Commission recorded 761 manatee deaths. That's not too far from the record 804 set three years ago. Red tide, wastewater contamination, and algae blooms are killing the seagrass manatees rely on for food. Manatees were an endangered species until 2017 when their status improved to a threatened species. A Florida Atlantic University marine biologist tells NBC News this year's death toll could warrant a return to endangered status. From the USA Radio News Florida Bureau, I'm Mike Fortier. You're listening to USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system, 
Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Of course, you know, I look at the scenario that Bryce Abel and Richard Dolan posted in AD After Disclosure, but they thought of major announcements of the presence of ETs. And I think this is going to be done, if it is done, if it happens that way, in such a low-key fashion, very few people will care. Oh, E.T.'s out there, big deal. Let me get back to watching something on TV. Yeah, well, when E.T.'s come on The View or something, or The Talk, or one of these major talk shows, an actual alien, I think... Well, they can't go on Ellen's show for much longer. She's wrapping up her program. Yeah, too bad Oprah's show isn't on. That would have been the ultimate. Oprah talks to the ETs. Hey, she could still do it. She did Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. (laughs) Maybe they should come on with the ETs. Then people would watch. But it's already part of our culture, too. I mean, all the way down. I mean, every major manufacturer of products has used aliens as in their marketing scheme at some point. You know, even the Maytag repairman, you know, like it's... It's VW shaped like a UFO. It's it's all Sony has had one. It's it, it, there's been so much. The Simpsons have had. They've got aliens. Aliens are everywhere, right? Yeah. So we, we've been like, you know, you use the term saturation. Our culture has been saturated with it. We're one now. time years ago, Stanton Friedman appeared in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, J. J- Allen Hynek was on to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, this has been in every part of our culture. I wonder about that. I think this is part of the publicity campaign. And I think this is what's forcing the government's hand with disclosure. Because I'm suspect, you know, I can't prove this, but I suspect that they are in some level of diplomatic relations or communications with ETs who are pushing disclosure. And they're like, listen, if you don't do it, we will. And when the time comes where everyone pretty much knows what UFOs are, the ETs could do a disclosure event overnight. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. We're going to ha- not have Phoenix lights. We're going to have New York, Phoenix, Chicago, L.A., Paris, London lights all at once. Boom. And then it'll be a different world. Or that, that could happen. Something that uh, I've always said and Gene has pointed out has actually happened in sci-fi movies is where they do like a space-based broadcast where you know the scientists the people at the observatories anybody who's got a a a dish or can can pick this up and it's broadcast to everyone on the planet from a place out in space where it's undeniable that it's not just some fake local thing right yeah or some worldwide amber alert (laughs) They're on TV, every radio station, every television, because they can't affect electromagnetic instruments. A gray comes on and says, 
Here I am. We are from Planet Crouton. We are here. But but um, even then, now, like Gene, right? Like back in those days when, when, when they had the black and white movies and all of a sudden, you know, the big voice came out of the sky pretty much and told everybody that they're here, like God talking to the people on Earth. But now we could probably do that ourselves. We've got satellites that have, are around the earth at all times, global communications everywhere. I mean, somehow it's possible if we wanted to, that we could pull off that hoax ourselves. So, I mean, how do we tell the real thing from the fake anymore? Even if they did disclose. Yeah. This is a huge topic right now though. Stephen Greer and a number of researchers are talking about a possible false flag event where our government using what amounts to ET technology comes down and, pretends to be ETs and starts shooting at people. One thing that's really going around in the UFO community is the triangular-shaped craft are our own, not ETs. I'm like, is that true? And I started looking through my files, I'm like, and I found very, very few cases of triangular-shaped craft. So I'm like, wow, you know, they're boomerang, manta ray-shaped, they're saucer-shaped, they're globes, there's all different types of shapes. Yeah, and I did find a few triangles, but oh, very few. So, but perhaps this is you know the actual us. That there is a possible danger that you know if you see one of these triangular shaped craft, because I've been told this by a number of people who should be in the know. These are military officers. That twenty percent maybe of what we're seeing, particularly near Air Force bases, is our own craft. Is our own reverse engineered technology. Definitely something to be aware of, at the very least. Let's talk a little bit more about your book before we get to the end of the show. We're talking about Wondrous, 25 True UFO Encounters with Preston Dennett. After being visited by Grays, a couple learned that they both have a history of encounters reaching back to childhood. Yeah, this is very interesting because I've seen this in a number of cases. There's, I think, at least four in the book where people who don't know each other... (laughs) find out years later after they're married that they both have a history and were perhaps even brought together in weird circumstances, synchronistic circumstances by the ETs. And I interviewed this one gentleman from Montana who had had a sighting as a kid following this sighting. Everyone in the, he was out ice skating, everyone saw it. But following this, he started having visitations by what he called the cat people. He said they looked like cats. Tall, hairless, humanoid cats. Well, not tall, three feet tall. They looked very much like cat-like faces, he said. Uh, He was not happy about it. scared him pretty bad. He always shouted at them, go away, go away, go away. And it went on for throughout his young childhood and finally just stopped. And he thought that was it. Grew up, became an adult. Found this lady, became, you know, dated her. They got married, fell in love, or fell in love, got married. She lived in Nevada, and uh, he moved down there. And uh, years later, no, no, they're now elderly, um, a UFO program comes on TV. And uh, he says, you know, honey, I, I think I was visited by aliens when I was a kid. She's like, oh, my God, really? And he describes his cat-like encounters with the cat beings, and she's like, oh my god, me too. I had the same thing. Cat-like beings coming into my room. She told her parents they thought it was a nightmare. He had more memories than she did. She has just a few scattered uh, memories of this. 
But they started seeing it again. And they started seeing UFOs coming closer, try to photograph them. They'd always dart away. And boom, these cat-like beings start coming into their room again. And screaming and shouting at them, go away, go away. And they finally did. It stopped again. But they think that, I mean, it's kind of strange that these, you know, both of them have a history of encounters. And I don't think it's a coincidence because I've heard this before. But Hopkins has cases like this where people met each other on board a UFO and then years later they're brought together. Well, we had a couple of shows like that where this was discussed. I'll give you one example, Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin, and they worked together on a book, and Denise told of the case of meeting somebody aboard a spaceship after being abducted, someone she had not known before. They exchanged notes, and after the event was over, they got in touch with each other. So just think about this. Whatever you think about UFO abductions, imagine, for example, meeting somebody, talking to that person, establishing contact, and then when the experience is over, you find that person is real, that person shared the experience with you. How does that happen? Yeah, there's many cases in this latest book. Uh, Actually, five. I said four. I just thought of another one. This guy I interviewed, very religious, from Utah, had a gray appear in his bedroom, taking his infant son, her toddler son. He's like, if you're taking my son, I'm going with you. And uh, he had a complete revelation. He started remembering all this stuff from childhood. Pulled on board this craft. They said, you're going to meet this woman in the future. And saw his son with, playing with another little kid who... They did not know. And it was just a year or two later, this kid shows up in their lives and becomes his son's best friend for years. More to come with Preston Dennett and Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Yes, the pandemic is coming to an end. Restrictions are coming to an end. But body aches and pains never seem to end. That's why you need to click sunny-bay.com for the best sleep you can get. Sunny Bay's legendary products can help, like our lavender stress-reducing products, locally sourced and handmade in the USA. Or try Sunny Bay's award-winning pillows for traveling or extra neck support while sleeping. No need for pills or expensive chiropractic visits. Our neck support pillows are that good. 
Sunny Bay is a homegrown small business, but our products are designed and rigorously tested based on your demand and feedback. And they make great gifts for mom, dad, or anyone. Find Sunny Bay products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, or at sunny-bay.com. And right now, get free heat patches and a belt with any purchase. So remember, Sunny Bay heating pads, neck pillows, and stress-relieving hot or cold wraps as restrictions come to an end and you get back to work. Do it the healthy way with Sunny Bay. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers, simply because that's what Longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 thousand dollars. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800 8625 Hi, it's Grant Cameron from presidentialufo.com. You're listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, that's one way of meeting friends. I met a friend once through a comic book, <laughs> but we don't think about that anymore. You know, when people had pen pals, do you remember pen pals? So this is fascinating. You meet somebody under these circumstances, and this gives a frightening, almost Twilight Zone aspect to it because it turns out to be real. It didn't happen in your head. And people who say these experiences happen in your head, maybe they're partly right. But how do you explain some of that? Yeah, I don't think this is a mental phenomenon. Some researchers are still asserting. Because, I mean, what about the implants? What about people who've come back injured or healed? What about the landing traces? No, no. What about multiple witness cases? And there are a lot of them. A good one is the Allagash case investigated by Raymond Fowler, where four men were taken on board and all have the same darn story. How would you explain that as you know, mental phenomena? I just don't see it. 
This I'd like to hear more about where these people have met each other on board, because like Gene was saying, that that's a really interesting case. When we heard about that on our show, we, we were like, okay, I really don't know any other way to explain that. I mean, certainly you don't just have coincidentally, you know, have a dream where somebody is actually real and you get their actual contact information and everything else. I mean, at the very least, it's something unusual. It's highly, highly interesting. And so what other kind of cases do you have like that? There are several. I mean, in that one case I just mentioned, they showed him his future girlfriend. They said, you will meet this lady. He was kind of surprised to hear this, of course, uh, and ended up doing communicating with this lady over the internet it turned out she lived uh, across the seas you know in europe i believe it was it was just a series of kind of synchronistic events that brought them together very strange another case involves this lady from the east coast she originally lived in prunedale california and had a pretty rough childhood her parents were strict not abusive or anything but strict and she was having visitations by these short beings the whole room would light up uh, it was very traumatizing for her and it went on constantly throughout her entire childhood all the way up through her teenage years until she became 18 years old and she's like that's it i'm leaving home i cannot take this anymore and moved off to the east coast the visitation stopped she started healing you know she thought maybe it's sleep paralysis maybe i was abused finally came upon the subject of extraterrestrials and she's like mm, that's probably what it is but it's too scary i'm not going to look into this anymore because i think that's what it is and i don't even want to know and uh, she met her husband there on the east coast and she told me didn't really have a way to prove this but she says i feel like somehow the ets brought us together i'm like wow really she's like yeah i know i seriously do in some way i feel like we were meant to be together that's really interesting. That That is really interesting. I mean, maybe that explains some of these. Now we're getting into social sciences, though, but I mean, the ETs or whatever they are, these aliens do seem to be interested in our, our relationships. I, I think a lot of what they do is about studying our psychology and how we behave and react and in, interrelate with each other. And we've heard cases where People will have had a dream or a vision about the person they're going to meet and have even like drawn pictures of them. And then later it happens. They meet that exact person and they know that that's the person. Yeah, my sister-in-law is a good example. She had encounters. <laughs> who did she marry? My brother who chased a UFO and has this weird object in his arm, by the way. <laughs> And I'm thinking now, gosh, he was very close to that object. And that's another thing I've realized. If you're within 100 feet of one of these things, it might be more than just a sighting. High likelihood that this was probably some level of contact there. Yeah, I took my brother to a doctor once because he's got this little matchstick-like thing right under his skin in his left arm, inside elbow. Oh, that's, and, well, yeah, <laughs> get it looked at. <laughs> yeah, the, the doctor... First thing he says was, wow, oh my God. He was someone who was into the UFO field, you know, knows about alien implants, a medical doctor, had actually had experiences himself. Uh, but he was palpating this thing. He's like, wow, you know, that looks like a foreign body. My brother does not want it removed. Most people don't. <laughs> but I wonder about that because I hear that so, so often. 
another case in the book, two people you know, had their baby gone missing um, as a result of an encounter. Both of them have a history of encounters. Again, I'm like, I wonder about that. How is it that these people are coming together when they all have a history of encounters? How come I don't ever meet anybody like that? I mean, it's just like, oh, well, maybe it's because I live in Calgary, Canada. It's just like, this is just, you know, it's this backwater city of a million people. Uh, that, Which is kind of interesting because it seems like there are, are areas where just people aren't all that interested in it. There's just not, not the same level of interest overall. Yeah, like, well, re- just like regions, like like down where you are, it seems like everybody's sort of into it in in, in their own way, right? Like, yeah, that was one of my theories. I'm like, maybe it's because I live in California <laughs> that so many people I know have seen UFOs. We are the leading producer of UFO reports in the U.S., by the way, but we also have the largest population, and almost 40 million people. That's part of the reason I think. But I don't know. This is a worldwide phenomena stretches back millennia. I mean, we know this, but since 1947, it's ramped up in a way that I think is unprecedented in all of world history. What's going on now has never, ever happened before, as near as I can tell, certainly not in modern history. If it's real, that's the thing. Like, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, even into the 70s, some of the stuff that people were reporting there is no question. It was just way beyond the capability of anything that we could do then. Now, in the 2020s, who knows what we've really got? And it's like, oh, how do we know anymore? Again, that same question. You know, the golden era, yeah, fine. Maybe all the real UFOs, the real aliens, you know, they visited, they took off, and, and they're just gone. And we're left with this residual you know, sort of cultural... Uh, shadow of it where we're mapping it on to, to other things that aren't the same anymore. We're going to have to end it here. Preston Dennett, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Hey, I appreciate that. I do have a website. Just use a search engine on my name and it should take you right there. PrestonDennett.Weebly.com is the actual address. You can contact me through my website. I've got excerpts of my books. Also on Facebook, Twitter, have a new YouTube channel. Well, relatively new. It's almost a year old now. Putting out my research on little videos. I'm not letting this thing go. I want to see the Roswell Pratt. What's the name of the new book again? Wondrous. 25 True UFO Encounters. I'm excited about this one. It's got all different types of cases in it. Whistleblower accounts, landings, a USO account. Oh, we didn't get into some of the best cases. Alien implant case. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that one. And you will on After the Paracast if you're a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. By the way, you can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast. On Facebook, you'll find a group and a community. And someday we'll figure out how to deal with that. We also offer branded merchandise at the Paracast.shop. T-shirts and throw pillows and beds for your dog. I'm going to try that one myself. We have four different logos. Randall designed a couple of them. And that way you can decide what kind of artwork you want on your official branded Paracast stuff, okay? Not every show does that. Four different logos. The Paracast.shop, the Paracast.shop. We also offer the Paracast 
Plus. The Paracast.plus is a place to go to check it out. We offer the After the Paracast podcast where quite often we finish up or we have extended discussions with the guests from the regular Paracast episode, as we do with Preston this week. We also offer other exclusive interviews. We give you a version of this show free of the network ads. And one more thing. If you subscribe for five years, we'll get you a $10 Amazon gift certificate, lifetime subscription, $20 Amazon gift certificate. To sign up in a couple of minutes, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Preston Dennett, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Hey, thank you. Always a pleasure. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>